We want to give you what thus saith the word of God. If you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14 this morning. It's where we feel led in our time with the Lord this week and praying and studying and asking him what he'd have for the church. This is where the Lord has led us. I covet your prayers this morning. I don't want to say one thing outside of what he'd have me to speak. I'm humble before the master this morning. I'm unfit. I'm unworthy. But I'm glad for the blood of Jesus Christ that's made us worthy. Lord, have mercy. It's good to, good to know him in the free pardon of sin. I'm glad I don't have to worry about trying to make it without him because he told me I, he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. But he'd go all the way even down to the end of the world. What, what's he talking about in that portion of Scripture on this side of the river? He'll go all the way until that breath leaves this body and he ain't leaving then. That's when me, <laughs> that's when me and him become face to face and I get to see what I've never seen before. Right now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face as I've preached to many times, when we step off into eternity, we'll know then exactly what it's all about. And I hope that you have the blood applied today because we're going somewhere. Every one of us in this building today is going somewhere. And I hope you've made preparation to go to this place that's called heaven. I hope I can help you today with something that the Lord's put on our hearts. If you would, let's stand for the reading of God's word today in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to break in about the 22nd verse. <clears throat> and the Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went into a mountain apart to pray. This wasn't uncommon. Jesus did this many times to get away from people and to be alone to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the winds was contrary. <clears throat> and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I'm not reading you a fairy tale this morning. I'm reading you what thus saith the word of God. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. We're in a month where they project and promote fear, and they promote spiritual demons and wickedness. I'm taking you to another place this morning we're in something that you can believe to this morning, something that you can hold on to this morning. It says in verse 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. <laughs> he didn't say boo or anything like that. He said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou or you, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now this wasn't a hard thing for the master. 
And there's sometimes that we get so full of doubt and fear. Sometimes you may just need to ask the Lord plainly, Lord, what do I need to do in this? And here's what the Lord will say. Come. <laughs> He'll just say, come on. But Lord, I'm afraid. He'll say, it's all right. Just come on anyhow. And he said, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But here's the problem. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried saying, Lord, save me. And I love this. He didn't think about what Peter had done. He didn't think about him being a weak man. He didn't think about later on he's going to deny me and he's going to do all these other things that ain't pleasing. But at that moment in his trouble, Jesus looked right at him and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubtest? And when they were come into the ship, the winds ceased. Then they were in the ship and came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Brother David Hackney, will you ask the blessing on the message, please? God help us today. Amen. You can be seated. We can see, if we read Matthew chapter 14, we can see many things taking place. We see a time where they've talked about the beheading of John the Baptist and Jesus has received the news. No doubt that his heart was heavy because he already knew it was going to happen. And he's beginning to teach people there. They're coming in great crowds to see him. And he's overwhelmed by the crowds and he's healing people and touching people with diseases and trying to help in every way that he can. And his disciples now are pressuring him, Lord, all these people are hungry. We can see the miracles here, how Jesus feeds all these people, about 5,000 of them. And he does a great miracle here with them. He takes five loaves and two fishes and feeds all these multitudes of people. Jesus is trying to help and trying to show them who he is. And you got to remember now he's God in the form of a man. He's as much God as he is man. So he's feeling the overwhelmness of the people and he's feeling tired in his body and, and, the, and the virtue's been going out for healing and he's trying to do the Father's will and he's trying to be that person he needs to be to be an example to all these people. And it's, and it's draining him physically and even spiritually in a lot of ways. So much that he told his disciples, boys, I need you to get in the, in the ship and go on across. I'll see you in a little while. I've got I've to go and pray. You know where he drawed his strength from? He drawed it from prayer. He wasn't going to pray to repent about things that he'd done wrong or thoughts that he'd had or anything. He went to pray for all those people 
and to pray for the will that he had to do for his father and things he needed to be for him and, and what, how he needed to be a representation and how he needed to draw people to himself. He went alone to pray and, and to get strength from, from heaven. Many times we read in scriptures that we can see the angel coming and strengthening the Savior. We even look in the Garden of Gethsemane when he took on your sin and mine. The Bible says that his sweat was as great drops of blood and the angel came and ministered to him and, and touched him and helped him during that hard time that he was in. And you may have had a hard time this week and been overwhelmed, but I'm glad for the strength of the Lord that will come in the time of need and he'll put his hand upon you and he'll strengthen you and help you when you don't know where your help's gonna come from. How many have trusted the Lord and know that the Lord's going to make a way, but there's some quiet times when you're alone and nothing's working out and family's sick and nothing seems to help and you're praying and nothing's working and you're just as down as far as you can go. I'm going to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit's there and the Bible says He'll make intercession and cry and moan for us when we don't know how to pray. I don't know if you've ever been so low in your life that you couldn't pray, but I've been there. I've been so broken hearted, I've been so down that I couldn't even call on the master, my heart be so broke. I'd be so heavy and depressed and full of anxiety of life that I couldn't even pick my head up. But I'm glad the Holy Spirit would start speaking and interceding for me. Now all of a sudden I'd feel the pull from heaven. And I could feel strength coming back into my body and into my mind and into my heart. Even when you don't know what to do, I'm glad the Lord, He, the Holy Spirit that lives within you, can lead and guide and call out on your behalf when you don't even know what to say. Man, what a Savior we serve this morning. He said, I go away to prepare a place, and if I go away, I'll come again. He said, but while I'm away, I'm going to send a comforter which is the Holy Ghost of God. He's gonna dwell with you. He's gonna lead you. He's gonna guide you. And he's gonna help you. I don't care if you don't know a, a purse, a, a, a little bit of scripture. I don't, I don't care if you can't quote one. He, the Holy Spirit, can minister to your heart and help you in your time of trouble. Now, we don't have no excuse not to study the word of God. The Bible tells us that we're to study and to show ourselves as approved and to know what thus saith the word of God. But there's those times, I want to get real with you this morning. There's those times when sitting down and reading the Bible just don't even speak to you. Uh, sitting down or getting on your knees to pray, you seem like the prayers are running off your head and onto the floor. Can I get a witness this morning? Seem like you, the Lord ain't nowhere to be found and you're off into a desert all alone. But I want to tell you upon the authority of God's word this morning, that's the times when he, the Holy Spirit of God, has got you in his arms. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows what you stand in need of. He knows how broke your heart is. I'm glad he'll bottle your tears up. And one day after a while, he'll give you a blessing like you've never received before in your life. It doesn't matter how much the devil's come against you, how much he's put upon you. I want to tell you upon the authority of God's word this morning that greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. You poke that sorry devil right in the nose and tell him you're gonna overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. You're gonna make this trial. You're gonna walk through this valley and I'm gonna overcome with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do it today. 
I promise you, you can do it. I'll get to my message here in a minute, but I'm going to give you what the Lord's given me this morning. Man, I feel some heavy hearts in this place. Some of you sit down, you can't even hold your head up this morning. You can't even say amen. You can't even lift your hand. There's been so much going on in your life. You say, preacher, I'd like to be happy like you are. I'd love to shout and praise God, but you don't know what kind of hell I've been through this week. It's been on me. Hell has been putting everything it's got on me this week. But I'm gonna tell you what, I don't care what it's been doing to you this week. You and the Lord are gonna make it through it. You're gonna overcome, amen. Man, he said, I'll make a way of escape where there is no way. I'm going to tell you, he'll open doors for you that the devil has slammed shut. He can open them this morning. Just like that door's open and just like that door's open. We keep these doors open for your safety. We do this uh, naturally. But I'm talking spiritually. The devil may have slammed the doors of your life but God's fixing to open some doors for you. <laughs> Lord, I wish you could see what I see this morning. Some of you are so used in your life of the devil coming in your life and slamming the door that you're used to it and you're living like this and you're believing this, but I'm telling you there's victory on the other side of the door. If you let God open the door, he'll help you in your life. But our problem is we love to keep the door shut. And there's where the devil works. The devil will stand right in front of your victory if you'll let him. And a lot of times we let him. And we'll listen to the devil. And we won't heed to what the Lord's trying to tell us to do. And God will be trying to speak to us and the devil's standing right in the way. How in the world am I going to get the devil out of the way? I'm trusting in the devil. He's showing me that I, this is the way I've got to live. You may see a closed door, but God's got one open for you. If you'll get away from this and, and follow him, God will lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone to do it. Here we see the disciples, they're on the sea, tossed to and fro. They've done what the master asked them to do. They got in a boat and went across. They're selling the cross, and it should be okay. Ain't we the men of God? Ain't we God's people? It shouldn't be this rough. But all of a sudden, they find themselves right in the midst of the sea. The winds are tossed and terrorist, and they're scared to death. What in the world's gonna happen? And right in the middle of all their trouble, they look, and there's the master. The problem is we're not looking. We've got our heads in the sand. We're living in a defeated life. We're accepting everything the devil's telling us that's wrong in our life. We're accepting everything he said we are. We're taking it in and saying, yes, you're right, devil. I can't do it. I won't do it. I sure can't do it. And you're exactly right. And the Lord's standing there the whole time saying, come on over here, come over here. There's victory over here where Brother David's at. Come on over here. He's living in victory. But a lot of us want to be over there where the door is closed. You know why? That's the easy way. There's no responsibility over there. That's the comfort zone over here. 
I can go to church when I want to. I don't have to go if I don't want to. I don't have to participate if I don't want to. I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to pray. I can say I'm a Christian. I can live any way I want to live, do anything I want to do. I'll go to church if I need to go to church. I'll call on the Lord when I think I need him, and everything will be all right. I promise you it ain't all right. This over here is a reason we get in these kind of shapes because we're dwelling at the closed door. <laughs> For a month now, I've been trying to preach messages that I thought I should preach. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep following God until somebody gets a breakthrough. Because as long as you keep living here, you ain't going to never do nothing for God. You're going to be so defeated. You think you got trouble now? Just keep hanging out over here. He said to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. But our problem is we're too busy listening to the devil living over here in a defeated life, touching all the things of the world and doing it our way, and God can't have victory in your life because you're so involved in the world. I'm telling you, I've done lived this before I ever brought it to you. God told me this week somebody needs a breakthrough. Here we see the disciples in the middle of this sea. They're, they're troubled. There's, there's winds, there's waves, and everything is bad, and they don't know what to do. We are trying to follow the Lord, but here we are right in the middle of the mess. We, we followed his instructions. Somewhere we got off the path, and we're right in the middle of a mess. But one of them said, wait a minute, what's that? Peter I can't wait to meet him one day. <laughs> Peter said, wait a minute. Hey, Lord, is that you? Yeah, it's me. He's like, that ain't him. There's no way he's walking on the water. You can't walk on water, Peter. That's the Lord. I know that's the Lord. I can tell it's the Lord. Lord, if that's you, can I come to you? And the Lord just said, come on. You know what happened in his life? He got away from the closed doors of his life. And he took a step of faith. He didn't go, oh, what's, I can stand on that. I believe through what the scripture says, I believe he come down out of that boat just like, and went to the Lord. Our problem is we're too busy going, wait a minute, I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. The Lord... Lord did something for me there. I don't know if I'll try that or not. You know, them folks down there at the church, they, they talk about being excited for the Lord and, and, and doing all this for the Lord. I'd, I'd like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather, this is the comfort zone. I don't have to do nothing over here. <clears throat> that pastor always wants me over there, but I'd rather be over here because here's where I don't have to do nothing. I can just... Shout on credit over here and I don't have to pay nothing that costs you over there. Over here is where I can be comfortable. They can do all that and when it comes time to enjoy some things, I'll go see Brother Earl and let's say, let's go over there for just a minute and then we'll, well, then we'll run back over here because over here I don't have to be responsible or accountable. I don't like to be accountable, Brother Earl. Because when I'm accountable, then, then I have to help somebody. 
Y'all realize we got about 15 people in this church that does 100% of everything. We need about 100 of you doing 100% of everything. We would have to blow the walls out both ways if this crowd right here get on fire for God. I said if this crowd right here get on fire for God. But we love being over here. This is where it's comfortable. And I don't blame you. I like it over here sometimes too. I like somebody else to do it all. <laughs> so I can sit back and enjoy a little bit. I've had a fishing rod hanging on a wall for about eight years now. I say, one of these days, me and you going to go do a little bit. But there's too much to do. You got to keep doing this, keep doing that. You ever notice how busy the devil's got you? You're running to and fro. I mean, there ain't enough hours in the day to do everything you got to do. We was, we was covering up sweet potatoes last night at 9 o'clock because we didn't have enough time during daylight to get out to cover them up before the frost came because we got so busy with life. That's what happens a lot of times. The devil's tickled to death. He's got you all. You all got so much to do when service gets over here. I know probably somebody done look, man, it's two minutes to 12. Is he going to quit at 12? We got to get out of here at 12. We got something to do at 1 o'clock. You know why you're in that shape? Because you're dwelling over here and not over here. What if the Lord showed up at 12.01? I got to go. I got to get out of here. I got to go somewhere else. I got to be here, be there. The Lord is wanting something done over here. If the disciples had not a looked at their situation and Peter been willing to step out, things could have got a lot worse. Just imagine if they would have just ignored him. That sea could have got so rough it would have sunk the boat and killed every one of them. Does that happen to Christian people? Get out of the will of God and see what happens. The Bible talks about the destruction of the body for the saving of the soul. I wouldn't live in sin too long. God will visit you over it. You remember how you get out of, out of will with mother? Miss Kay can verify this. She has, she has children. When they get out of the will of God, out of her will, she'd have to take a limb to them or take a belt to them, straighten them up, get them back in line. You know God's the same way. He's got a big old rod of correction, and I sure don't like it. I don't know if you've ever been strapped from your neck to your ankles, but I'm telling you, it's rough. My mother never would use a belt. She used a switch. I felt like I fell in a hornet's nest. I just kept wanting to get, get out of there, you know. The Lord's no different. You know why he does that? He chastises and chastens those that he loves. He loves you. That's why he spanks you. He says, I got a will for your life, and it's not that. Sometimes we go over here, but God wants you over here. When Peter stepped out of the boat, I could preach a message on stepping out of the boat. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. When you get out of your comfort zone, there's where God's at. There's where God works. Brother George's been coming and playing the guitar for us and doing a wonderful job. You know, he's just been coming for a little while. He don't probably know most of you guys. But he's fell in with us just like part of the family. Boy, we love him. He's doing a great job. You know what he done? He got out of from over here and got over here. 
Now God's using him, God's blessed him. Sister Mosley sitting back there praising God. She got a big grin on her face. They're happy, God's using him. Why? Because he got out of the boat. That's what it's gonna take. Wait a minute, you're asking way too much now. I can't play guitar. I ain't talking about playing the guitar. I'm talking about getting in the perfect will of God. I know I'm right down in your rose garden this morning. But guess what? I ain't stopping now. You know why? Because God's got something for you. And it can't just be done by the pastor and his wife or a few deacons and their wives or a few lay members. We all got to work together as a family. And when I come in here and we started singing this morning, I could feel the heaviness in the room. Because somebody needs a breakthrough this morning. The disciples needed a breakthrough. They'd been walking with Jesus, helping Jesus, meeting all these needs, seeing what's going on. They're overwhelmed. They're wore out. And Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side. Just go on. I got to go pray. Maybe give you a little time to think. Right in the middle of their thinking, here comes this storm. Boy, what a way to think. We're going to die now. He got their attention, didn't he? But right in the middle of their trouble, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Come on. That's what the Lord's asking you this morning. Have you all seen the Lord this morning here? If you had not seen him, you ain't been looking. Because the Lord is here this morning. His presence is so thick in this room. He's speaking to hearts in this room right now. This may be the last time God ever asks you to do anything. You may be gone tomorrow. So I'm telling you, this is fresh off the press this morning. If, you, if I had John stand up and testify this morning, he'd tell you. Yeah, I don't write my sermons down, but I put down stuff that I feel like the Lord may want me to say. There's a whole bunch of it that I would have said this morning. But you know, I'm just been in this thing long enough to know, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You show me what to do, and that's what I'll do. So I could see that boat, and I could see these men in that place. And when I came in here this morning, y'all in the boat this morning. And one of you need to be a Peter and step out and follow God and say, yes, I'm going to do that for God. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to honor God. I want to be all I can be for God. I'm tired of having all the doors closed. I want open doors in my life. I want to live in victory for the Lord. God's blessing your life. God's moving your life, opening doors for your life. What are you going to do for him? What are you going to do for him? I preached a couple weeks ago about you being valuable to God, about being a $1 bill or a $20 bill. God just keeps blessing your life. What are you going to do for him? Are you going to continue? Are you going to have some victory? Well, preacher, I really don't know what to do. Well, I'm glad you asked. When he, the Holy Spirit, speaks, that's when you should move. What am I supposed to do? Sister Michelle did it this morning. She said, I just want to say I love God and I'm so thankful for how he's blessed my life. That wasn't hard to do, was it, Brother Earl? We could all say I'm thankful to be saved. You know what that's called? Stepping out of the boat. 
getting out of your comfort zone. And as you do that, God begins to move you forward in your life. He told me that we need to have a transformation of our minds. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up your pure mind. He was talking about upon the things of God. If we don't think on these things and we don't move on these things, the devil will rob you of any joy that you have in your life. Till you be so dead that you'll come to church and people will worship all around you and it'll mean nothing. And eventually the devil will say, well, why do you even go to church? You don't get nothing out of it. They're all emotional anyhow. They're all about raising their hands, hollering, running, doing all. I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't about who hollers the loudest or shouts the most that is walking with God. I just do what I do because that's the way I worship. I can't help it. I'm that way. We all worship different. I'm working on a message right now for the Lord to help me. It'll probably be one of those messages, John, I'll send you that I'll never get to preach. But being charged up for God. We need to get charged up over here in the victory part. How's it feel to be living in victory, Brother David? Pretty good, ain't it? You notice he's over here all alone? That's, that's life. If you're looking for people to go with you and to uphold you and be with you and all this stuff and, and pat you on the back for having victory, it ain't gonna happen. But you'll have the Lord in your corner. <laughs> Cheerleading you all, saying, go on, son, go on, daughter. I've got you back. And you'll be pleasing him. And God will bless you in the secrets of your life in the secret places where nobody sees. And then all of a sudden they'll say, well, Brother David, man, it seems like everything you touch you're blessed with. Everything you're doing, you're just blessed. What, what's going on? He, he's living over here in victory. Why? <laughs> him and Sister Brenda just rolling on for Jesus. That's what I tell her all the time. Keep rolling for Jesus, amen. Living in victory. That's right. Peter would have never known the victory of God had he not stepped out of the boat. But y'all notice something? There wasn't just one man that saw Jesus. All of them saw him. But there's only one stepped out of the boat. The rest of them said, Pfft. I'm not doing that. He, look at him now, sinking down, just like I thought he would do. But guess what? Jesus was right there and picked him right up. I promise you, if you'll follow God and step out in faith and get over here in victory, you're going you're gonna to fail, you're going to fall, you're going to have trouble and all that, but the Lord will be right there to pick you up. Dust y'all. Go on, son. It's okay. But I'd rather be over there where I don't fall down. I promise you there's a greater fall over there than you'll ever fall over here. There ain't nobody over there going to do nothing for you when you fall down, but they will be over here. I'm telling you today, you'll never be blessed, you'll never be used to God until you take that step of faith as Peter did and step out and say, yes, Lord, I'm coming to you. 
Yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Yes, Lord, against everything my family says I can't do, I'm going to do it. If you'll study down in the latter part of this chapter and read back and forth in, in chapter 13, back there you'll see where Jesus came to his own family and was discouraged. And he said, a workman hath no honor in his own country. Don't look for your family to praise you for what you're done for God. You should never look for the praise of man know how you're doing it for him. I'm talking about getting out of your comfort zone and living in victory today. I wish you could see spiritually what I'm seeing right now. People dying spiritually. And the devil just rocking you along. Leading you down the garden path into a defeated, no victory life, leading you right over here. And we're following him around and letting him do it. And the Lord over there with Brother David saying, but we're staying over here. So I'm going to give you a challenge this morning. I have given you exactly what the Holy Spirit of God told me to give somebody in this room. I ain't talking about anybody else. I'm talking about somebody in this room. You have come to a crossroad of your life. And you're going to have to make a decision today. You're either going to live a victorious life for Christ or you're going to live a defeated life. I don't know who it is. In church, you shouldn't be wondering who's coming to the altar first because that's the one the pastor was talking about. There they are. I knew it all along. It's probably you that's thinking that. We all need to get closer to God and step out of the boat. Amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. The door of victory is open. I wonder who will come and say, yes, Lord, I'm tired of being tired. I'm coming to you. I'm trusting you. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm gonna live in victory. I won't be perfect, but I know I can do it with you, Lord. And I can do all things through you.